You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Our vet, Pete Weatherburn, is here, just back from India. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Declan. Good morning to you. Now, thanks for coming in. Before we get to your adventures over there in India, perhaps you'd uh, help uh, Julie's daughter, who's got a little bit of a problem. Julie, the mum is on the line. Julie, good morning. Good morning, Declan. How's he, how are you? I'm grand, thank you. Good, but uh, the hamster, that's the problem, isn't it? It is. What's the problem? Well, he was nibbling that food for three days, and this is the second day without food. And mm. I was just wondering, is there something serious? Is he wrong with him? How, how old is he? Nine months. Nine months. And where does he live? Uh, we have him in the back garden, Narco. Is he, is he outside? Yeah. Okay. I mean, the first thing I'd worry about with any hamster at this time of year is that if a hamster gets too cold, they sometimes start to hibernate or head towards hibernation, which can mean they stop eating. So the first thing I'd do with any hamster that stops eating that doesn't seem to be unwell in any other way is I would bring them indoors into a nice warm room. And and sometimes that can help a lot in itself. Yeah, he just wants to sleep. Yeah, well, you see, it could be just he's too cold, because it's quite cold just now, do you know? And the, the other thing is, I'd also be checking his teeth, because hamsters can suffer from overgrown teeth that can stop them from eating. And if you, if you, if you don't sort of pull back their lips and have a look at their teeth, you mightn't, mightn't know that. So that's the second thing I would do. And if, 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 if you do those things and you still it's not obvious what's going on, then it would be best to take him up to your local vet and they'd be able to examine him properly and... You know, maybe give him some treatment that might help him. So the two possibilities, Julie, uh, could have overgrown teeth, which you're going to have uh, check that out. And the number one is that maybe in the cold, nature taking its course. Is this mm. it, right, Pete? That mm. the it, the hamster feels inclined to hibernate. Yes, they get very very sleepy and they just don't want to eat, don't want to do anything, just curl up and they, you know, they begin to hibernate. Yes. And should a, you encourage them to hibernate? No, no, no. not at all. You know, bring them into a warmer room. Um, you know, it's, it's not good for them to hibernate. Right. So you might be having the hamster in the house there, Julie. How do you feel about that? Oh, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, give that a shot and let us know how you get on. Okay. All right. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Julie. Good morning to you. Thanks for, for uh, getting in touch. Um, let me see. Mary or Marie, good morning to you. Yeah. Which Hi, w- Session. It's Marie here. Marie. I've been on to you before. Oh, good. <laughs> More problems, yes? Hi, how you doing? Um, I actually just wanted to ask, please. I have two dogs. Now, one of them, uh, Coco, is a Pomeranian. And um, he's he eats, he's like a little gannet. He eats anything and everything. But um, he, he seems to be kind of retching at times. It's like as if he's uh, kind of nearly choking. And then it kind of passes. Okay. Is it because he eats his food too quickly? or? Well, there's lots of possible causes. One, one common thing that we see in dogs is a phenomenon known as reverse sneezing. And um, well, what they do is, well, it's exactly what it sounds like, where they're sneezing only backwards. So instead of going, they go, like that. And often oh, they do it when they get a bit excited or after eating. And they do it for a few times, and sometimes they shake their head, and then it settles down and they go back to normal. And if you're not sure about what it looks like, then if you... If you go to YouTube and search for reverse sneezing dog, you'll find some videos of dogs that do that. Well, could it be something else, Pete? Oh, there's lots of possible causes. But in a Pomeranian-type dog um, that's got a short nose, they're particularly prone to things like reverse sneezing. Or, or, ah. um, so it could well be that. If he's very well in himself, otherwise, then, then I, you know, I would certainly look into that possibility before worrying too much. 
No, he's very well, actually. Yeah. So he, I think it's only the two of them get excited when I come in from work or whatever. Two of them get excited. And, and the bigger one, Shadow, he actually kind of sneezes like that as well. Yeah. But the other fellow, it's more like a retching kind of thing. It's more like <laughs> as if he's nearly choking. Yes, the other thing to do is take a video of it happening and show your local vet when you next go in there. And Great. Thanks very much indeed. All right. Best of luck with that. Okay, thank you. Bye, Thanks, Mark. Warren to you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. And uh, that is, uh, I think we won't take any more calls now because I want to ask you about India. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah. And uh, you were telling me observations you had. You went over there studying rabies, basically, with, with uh, dogs. Just briefly on that, give us a couple of seconds Okay. That. Well, basically, um, more, more people die of rabies in India than any other country in the world. There's 20,000 people die every year over there, despite the fact that it's a preventable disease. And the slum that we were, we were visiting, we didn't know um, how big a problem... They hadn't done any research on how big a problem it was there. Indeed, on the whole issue of how many dogs lived there and all that sort of stuff. So I was basically went went um, place to place with a um, with a couple of interpreters, talking to men and women in the slum, asking them about their lifestyles and asking about how much they knew about rabies. And, I mean, the first thing I discovered was some interesting socioeconomic facts. For example, despite the fact that they're very, very poor people, maybe with four or five people crammed into um, a room that would be as big as a typical Irish kitchen, despite that fact, 95% of them owned mobile phones um, and 90% of them owned televisions in, the, in their little rooms. So, you know, they, they our preconceptions of, of what poverty is are are, are different perhaps to what the reality is you know they, they have they, they, they like their technology just like we do and it's much much cheaper out there it's an important part of their lives I also discovered that street dogs are a very important part of their com- community these are dogs which aren't kept indoors as pets but which live on the streets and um, about 60% of people feed these street dogs every week and they, they appreciate them for security for companionship and also to keep the local rat population down When they, in areas where they got rid of street dogs um, the rat population has exploded bringing other problems because um, rat dogs are very good at keeping keeping rats away. Um, but the thing is that what I also discovered was that 80% of people had never heard of rabies. And that's why there's a problem, and that's what needs to be addressed now. Because if you haven't heard of rabies, then you don't know what to do if you get bitten, and you then don't know, uh, you know, you're much more likely to go on and develop the disease. So if people are aware of the risk of rabies, um, then they'll be more careful about not being bitten, um, and they'll also be more interested in helping other folk vaccinate the street dogs. Okay. Because that's what you need to do. You need to vaccinate 7 out of 10 of the street dogs. If you do that, rabies will be eradicated. So I've kind of come back from, from this trip to India with this as a, as, a, as a personal project. I want to see how I can help to increase the education um, of those communities about rabies and also get the, the, the vaccination campaign into the slum where we were to get those dogs vaccinated so that people don't die of this horrible disease anymore. Okay, thanks, Pete. And just before we finish, you were saying uh, the, the people lived in terrible conditions, but they all had mobile phones. Yeah, ninety-five percent of them have mobile phones. Sure, it must be giving them away for nothing, are they? Well, I, I, um, they wouldn't be getting your Samsung S five no, or well, your HTC one or your no, Sony Z two or whatever. Uh, look, the population of Delhi is like tens of millions of people, so everything is on a different scale to here. You know, um, so. Everything is much, much cheaper. People earn, like, you know, if you get a euro an hour, you're doing really, really well. And you can have a um, mobile phone and, and a bill and all sorts of well, things. Well, the bills, bill are really, really, bills are really, really cheap over there. I mean, right. everything, everything is cheap. It's just like a whole different world, genuinely. Okay. Yes. Got to leave it there, Pete. Thank all you very right. much indeed. That Thank is you. Peter Vet from Brave Vet and also his website, petethevet.com.